It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 20th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA Draft Combine that was just completed on Thursday. Uh, Not a lot of Magic news coming out of it, which is news sort of in itself, but not really. Um, But we'll talk a little bit about what probably happened at the NBA Draft Combine and what happens next in the NBA Draft Prospect. Talk about a few prospects that interest me as well. You could go back and listen to uh, an episode, uh, last week's episodes where I talk a little bit more about the five guys that I was really looking at in this NBA draft combine. Of course, you don't get to see a lot of them, but but we'll, we'll touch on some of those guys as well. And then we'll talk a little bit about the Magic's last draft pick, Mo Bamba, and the season that he had for the Orlando Magic and what comes next for him as our player evaluation series enters its final week. Yes, we will be done with player evaluations by the end of this week. So we may, it may bleed into early next week. We'll see. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering your Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you find here. Want to get the lowdown on the Toronto Raptors' big win over the Milwaukee Bucks? Check out Locked On Raptors. What will the Portland Trailblazers do to save their season? Locked On Blazers will have your answer. There's Locked On Warriors and Locked On Bucks too, but they're winning, so who cares about them? I'm just kidding. Um, But you can check out all these great podcasts, plus Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball too, all on the Locked On Podcast. Network. to search on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for, or check out the Himalaya app. Download podcasts to your device, as well as get suggestions and recommendations, and create playlists too, all on the Himalaya app, home to the Locked On Podcast Network. And before we go any further, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. 
Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So last Thursday and Friday up in Chicago after the the festivities of the NBA Draft Lottery, the NBA held its annual NBA Draft Combine. And, you know, the, the, the Combine itself isn't particularly interesting to, to run-of-the-mill fans. Um, you don't see, like the NFL Combine, all the top guys or, or many of the top guys go through a lot of the drills. And honestly, I, I think a lot of NBA people don't, you know, they, they like seeing the drills and, and it's sort of a, you know, if you do well, okay. If you do poorly, well, that's something type deal. It's it's not a, you know, I don't really know the best way to put this. It's not a a be-all, end-all type of proposition for 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 this this thing. You know, it's not a, it's not something that the NBA puts a bunch of stock into. It's sort of a, a place where Everyone can get together in one place, and so you, you do see a lot of mingling among NBA executives and NBA coaches and, and player agents and scouts and all that stuff. Uh, it's an opportunity for teams to get that first meeting with several players, as as it's really the first time that, that players and teams are allowed to have contact with each other, at least for the major prospects. Workouts have been going on for, for a while now, uh, uh, but mostly kind of lower-level guys. Um, and, you know, it's it's... Sort of kind of this big swap meet uh, of sorts. You do get some valuable information. Official wingspans and, you know, measurements are taken. So, you know, you get Taco Fall is officially listed at seven foot seven now with the longest recorded wingspan in NBA Combine history, passing Mo Bamba. Um, Mo Bamba is now second. Um, it, it's, it's kind of just like some basic ground level information. And it, it, for the public, at least, it, it's the you know the NBA draft lottery, the NBA draft combine, are really the first kind of public steps that we take in this process. It's kind of a signal to, to people like me, to, to people like you, perhaps, that the NBA draft is coming. That it's not something to be ignored. That that it's about a month. We're exactly actually now one month away from the NBA draft, so roughly four or five weeks away from actually picking players. So it's sort of kind of like the signal that, that the sprint to the end is on. Of course, for, for NBA teams and, and for NBA scouts, the draft has been a long time coming. This is not something that just popped up out of nowhere and they're just getting their homework done. For most NBA teams, and, and you would hope for, for NBA teams, this is the culmination of years of prep work. The information you're gathering at the Combine in the draft interviews and, and at individual workouts is kind of the cherry on top. It's the last piece of information you need to, to finish up the, the player profile that you've built on the prospect. And even then, after the draft is done, you don't throw these files away. You, you keep them. And that's what a big part of the NBA draft combine process is about. 
there were not uh, there's not a lot of reporting about who the magic interviewed. I think some of that had to do with there weren't many there weren't any magic reporters that I know of up in Chicago for the event. So no one was out there specifically asking questions about the magic. So we don't know who the magic interviewed. Now the way interviews work at the NBA draft combine and it is important to know this. Um, the way interviews work is teams submit a list of players that they would like to interview. There's a structured interview time. And then the NBA assigns players, you know, I think up to 10 interviews, um, assigns teams to each player. And then the, the team and the player get about 15 minutes to meet. It's very, very quick. It's like sort of like speed dating. And it's supposed to be just kind of like baseline information. It helps you kind of organize your thought, organize some information, get some intel, and then hopefully plan a, a longer interview, a more formal job interview, as well as a, a, a workout perhaps further on down the road. I, I'll think of it like this. If you remember back in college, or at least the college I was at, they would have interviewers come in. They would interview like 10, 12 people all in one, you know, like in, in you know, order all at one, you know, not all at once, but like in one sitting, in one day. They would go off on their way and they would call back people that they wanted to interview later. And you'd get the more formal interview um, later on. Um, you know, this is, you know, I think consultant jobs do this. I know law jobs do do it that way. That's sort of what's happening here. Um, and, and I do think it is important to, to, to note and remember this. While we are talking about sports, these are job interviews. They're, they're job interviews. Um, you know, that, that, that this is still a job that, that these guys are applying for and hoping to get. So the one piece of information we did get out of the NBA draft comment about who the Magic did interview was the Magic interviewed Texas Tech Red Raiders forward Jarrett Culver. Jarrett Culver is actually one of my favorite players in this draft. I think he's a really solid defender. He's an improving shooter and just a good overall player. He will not be there at 16. He will be long gone off the board at 16. He is a projected top 10 pick. I don't see him falling further past than 6 or 7 or 8. So he will be long gone when the Magic pick. But the Magic were able to interview him, and, and, and it is important that they were able to get to him because you just never know what might happen down the road. As you know, kind of the, the epiphany that I had that, that that's what these interviews were for came with Rob Hennigan. When the Magic acquired Tobias Harris at the trade deadline, Rob Hennigan noted that he used information that he gathered about Tobias Harris from when they interviewed him with the Oklahoma City Thunder at the draft combine. He never worked out for the Thunder. Never worked out for Rob Hennigan. Certainly never worked out for the Magic. But he was able to garner information that was useful to him from these short interview, from this short interview process. And essentially what a lot of teams will do is they will reach higher than what they can actually get. They want to use these interviews not to interview guys that they know will come into their building later on. They want to get to guys that they won't see and add to their database of information. That's what this is about. This is that the NBA Draft Combine, as much of any as anything, is about intelligence gathering. You know, you think about it as a job interview, but for the NBA, it's also getting intelligence on someone who might be another team's player. Because you never know when that information might become useful, like, say, in a trade about whether that's someone we want to bring into our fold that we want to acquire. And so that's what's kind of important about this. That's actually a big part of this puzzle. 
And so the Orlando Magic did get a reach, and, and they talked to Jared Culver. So the draft combine's over. We, we saw, you know, some of the measurements, some of the some of the strategy there, and, and we know the magic, the joke around the magic circles is the magic love length. So yes, Taco Fall, UCF center, had the longest wingspan, Bull Bull, uh, the center from Oregon, um, also had the second longest wingspan. Um, of note, I think, to Magic fans that, that I think is interesting is um Nasir Little, six foot six with shoes, seven foot one wingspan, uh had the second biggest differential of the NBA Draft Combine prospects between his actual height and his wingspan. Last year, the Magic picked Justin Jackson and Melvin Frazier, who actually had the two or had two of the three longest wingspans among guards, if I'm not mistaken, or among wing players. Um, so the Magic do have a penchant for length. And the Orlando Christian Prep alum in North Carolina Tar Heel, um, Nasir Little, is an interesting prospect. He is a you know, before the season began, he was a top 10 prospect, but he really struggled at North Carolina and had an impressive showing at the Combine. So it does look like his stock is going back up. So he may not be there at 16, but that might be someone the Magic look at. Um, you know, I think another guy, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, measured out well uh, too, although not at the top of these of this list. Um, he measured out well. I know that, that's that's a player that's quickly become one of my favorites. Um, Ozi, uh, uh, Casey Opala from Stanford, measured out well on this list. He's a six foot nine forward from Stanford. Still really new to the game. Um, pretty raw, but you know, obviously great length, um, good defensive instincts, good offensive instincts, actually, too, I would say. Um, just, you know, you're gonna have to be a little bit patient with him as he develops, um, especially his, his shooting. Um, and, and so, you know, the magic got this information, this length information, you know, the measurement information that will help them. But the next step in this process is obviously getting people into your gym, getting these players into your gym. And, and it's something, you know, and I'm not going to get into who the Magic are going to are going to or should bring in. I think we kind of know who they are. We do know, um, according to Michael Scotto of The Athletic, that uh, Jalen Noel of, of uh, Washington, the Pac-12 Player of the Year, is scheduled for a workout with the Magic. He did play in the scrimmages, so he's a second-round guy, not a first-round guy. Um, he played in the scrimmages, played okay, you know, took... You know, took a few too many shots, I think, um, but showed some good athleticism. Had a really nice steal for a dunk as well um, in, in the scrimmages. But again, you don't take a whole lot out of those. It's guys just kind of slapped together at the last minute. Um, but what's going to be interesting about the Magic and what's interesting about where the Magic are picking that we haven't experienced in a while is that the Magic are picking at 16th. They can bring guys in for individual workouts. But more likely than not, most of the workouts that they're going to be conducting will take place in a group setting. Most likely, Orlando is going to have guys work against other players. Maybe some three-on-three, stuff like that. And that's going to tell them a lot about these players. You know, I think the example that I want to give here is Donovan Mitchell. From everything I've read about what the Jazz did when they worked him out, is a the moment the workout ended, Jazz Brass, you know, I think I think our our, our namesake here, David Locke uh, of Locked On Jazz, said when when Donovan Mitchell worked out for the Jazz, everyone in the building who watched that workout was sworn to secrecy because they did not want that secret to get out. And I think you know, hearing what Donovan Mitchell had to say about his draft process, he said he was out there to prove he was better than everyone he was playing against. The competition brought a lot out of Donovan Mitchell. That you 
Maybe he wouldn't have seen if he brought him in on his own in an individual workout. Mitchell was, of course, taken with the 13th pick by the Denver Nuggets. They traded him to Utah for Trey Lyles. And the rest, as they say, is history. So I think that's going to be really interesting. The Magic will get to see, probably, with how they schedule these workouts, the competitiveness in these guys. Just how much they want to win. And that is how you kind of discover some diamonds in the rough. Some of these some of these players that fly a little bit under the radar. And to me, that is something to keep an eye on. That is something to look out for as the draft process continues. We're still, you know, we're not in the early stages anymore. I, I would say that, that the draft combine is the beginning of the end, so to speak, of the draft process. It's sort of the signal, it's that, that bell that rings on the last lap of a long race. We're now in the sprint to the finish. We've got one month before the NBA draft. And, you know, who knows how much more information we will hear as a public. The Magic do like to keep things very tight-lipped. They, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, if they work out an Aubrey Dawkins or BJ Taylor or, or Taco Fall. Um, I don't know if they'll work out any of those guys. I do think Aubrey Dawkins is someone they should take a look at. Um, but uh, if they work out some of the local guys, I'm sure they'll make it known to the public because because you know they, the, the press you know the local press will want to hear that. Hey, the Magic are working out the UCF guys. Um, Taco Fall had a fantastic combine by all accounts. Um, you know I, I I've long been said that he's he's more agile for a seven foot seven guy than you would think, and and I think he, he showed that showed that off. Um, you know I, I I don't think we'll hear very much from the Magic about the draft before the draft takes place, but. You know, this is a point where all the work of the last few years comes to fruition. And, and you know, this is the last stage. While, while we might just be diving into some of these prospects for the first time, the Magic, and, and I would argue, I hope every NBA team, is very well into their decision-making, very well into where guys rank and who they want to bring in and what information they need to get so that they can make the best decision on June 20th. So the NBA Draft Combine is in the rearview mirror. The NBA Finals and and NBA Playoffs are obviously still going on, but there's still a lot of work to do to get to June 20th and get ready for the NBA Draft. And of course, that's going to come up very, very quickly. Before we move on, though, I I do want to say a quick word uh, about one of our sponsors, uh, Untuck It. Um, You know, I I, I have a mom. I'm single. That's why I probably still am able to podcast and blog as much as I am. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, my mom trying very hard to make me look presentable to, to, to young women, hopefully, and uh, to, 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 what, to, you know, trying to make me look presentable, period. Not just, not just for dating and not just for any of that. Um, but, uh, you, know, I, you know, I'm a blogger. I, I like t-shirts. You know, I, I, I do, you know, I do clean up nice for games, but... It's hard to, to, to find a shirt that's that's really just comfortable and, and casual. You know, I, I struggle with, you know, going from from too formal almost to 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 not formal enough. I mean, I mean, you know, an un, you know, especially with kind of like uh, button down shirts. You know, and I don't know what I don't know what that what, what you call them, but um, button down shirts, especially to me, uh, untucked, it feels a little too weird. Uh, personally, I, I I don't like the look of an untucked button-down shirt, but a, a polo shirt, you know, one of the like a golf shirt, or or tucking in a, a button-down shirt, sometimes feels a little bit too formal. 
And that's when my mom, you know, you know, I've seen the commercials and was like, oh, that, that's an interesting idea. That That's when my mom bought me a couple of Untucked shirts. And, and I have to say, these shirts are perfect. They're nice. They look nice. They feel nice. They fit good. And they're casual because they're designed to be worn untuck, untucked. They don't like kind of end, you know, a little bit lower down your down your waist and you want their the perfect length. And, and they feel comfortable and, and you feel good. You feel confident in them. These shirts come in all shape, shapes and sizes, really. They're, they're good for tall people, short people, slim people. Uh, they're, they're everything that a guy could look for. Um, it's, it's the perfect look that you, can, that you can pull off to be casual but not sloppy. And it's just the perfect solution for you. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked. That's how they're designed. And feel comfortable at work, on the weekend, out on the town, wherever. No tucking or tailoring is required. Go to untuckit.com. Enter the promo code NBA to get 20% off. And if they want to send me another one, I'm happy to take one because I love Untuck It shirts. That is, it is my go-to shirt. And, you know... Hopefully the ladies like it too. I don't know. I I feel good in them. So we'll 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 we'll, we'll I'll, I'll 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 probably not update you on that. But but I'll I'll pretend that that I updated my mom on that. We'll see. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, moving on now to uh, to our player uh, evaluation series. We're, we're finishing this up now, getting into the final legs of it. Well, we've got a few big players left, obviously. But, you know, one player that, that that I found is, you know, probably going to get an unfair rap about this season. Um, and and I, I've even seen a little bit of blowback on online already. Um, you know, there, there, there are fans that are just prisoners at the moment and expect guys to be good immediately or exactly what they want them to be. And, and you know, these guys just get killed for, for no reason, honestly. Um, but I think we all understand. That, that Bo Bamba, when he arrived in Orlando, was a project. He was not someone that was going to make, you know, an immediate impact or, or, or be immediately rookie of the year or anything like that. He was a guy that, that was going to need time. He was going to need to develop his body, especially because he was just super slim, even for a big guy, uh, and, and was going to have to learn the, the finer points of defense uh, of the NBA. And it was going to be trial by fire for him. You know, Mo Bamba's season was... As expected, honestly. Um, you know, maybe some people expected a little bit more, but Mo Bamba's season to me went just how I thought it might. You know, he was okay in a lot of areas, averaging 6.2 points per game, 5 rebounds per game, 1.4 blocks per game. He brought up the numbers that you would probably expect from him. He was a little over-eager to block shots at times. He was... Uh, you know, kind of all over the place. His shot was up and down. He didn't want to get in the pu- in the paint too much because he just didn't have the size for it. 
he clearly wasn't ready to start and clearly wasn't ready for for major minutes. And so he averaged only 16.3 minutes per game. And, And while there's certainly a faction that would say, oh, you know, young players need to play to learn the game. And uh, I would argue that Bamba played plenty. In fact, what's kind of hard and, and confusing to, to, to decipher about Bamba's season was just how bad the Magic were with him on the floor. Um, it's not entirely his fault. He was put in some pretty bad lineups, especially early in the season, whether it was playing with Jaron Grant in that original second unit, um, which again, Bamba was a part of, so he he, deserved, he takes his part too. Uh, or playing alongside Nikola Vucevic in lineups that were just disastrous early on in the year. It took took the magic a while to find their rotations. But Bamba had the worst on-court net rating of any player on the Orlando Magic. Orlando was minus 15.2 points per 100 possessions with Bamba on the floor. By several metrics, including, I, I believe, real plus minus on ESPN.com, Bamba was one of the worst rotation players in the league. It honestly does not feel like pure coincidence that the Magic season really began to turn around after Bamba left with the injury, with the fracture to his left tibia. The Magic season did, in fact, turn around when they brought Ken Birch into the lineup more. Ken Birch is just more consistent, um, just more... Uh, um, uh, 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 just a more consistent player um, at, on the team. He he knows where to be. He doesn't try and do too much. And, and Bamba was obviously still learning. So my argument to everyone who says he didn't play enough, I'm, I'm like, he played plenty. In fact, it, it, it's fair to argue the Magic played him to their detriment for much of the season, for more than half the season. That he wasn't... He was clearly a rookie, clearly making mistakes, and with the bench unit that was giving away leads and, and making it difficult for the starters to sustain things, made it really tough for the Magic to, to make their playoff push. And again, some of that goes on Clifford for not finding the right rotations in time and, and all that. Bamba just, you know, again, was a rookie, was extremely raw, and, and struggled, had his struggles. There's no denying that. You can't honestly call it a good season for Mobamba. Sure, his block numbers were pretty good. I think he averaged like three blocks per 36 minutes. His rebounding numbers were actually better than you think too, as well. So, it's not like he didn't hold his own. It's not like he didn't show flashes of what or who he could become. He just needed to learn the finer points of playing NBA basketball. And in that way, perhaps his injury was a little bit fortunate. So it forced him to sit and watch and study. Something the Magic, you know, kind of put a program together for him to do to keep him engaged with the team and keep him learning the league. But, there's also this fact too. Right before Bamba's injury, and in the 10 games or so before Bamba's injury, he was starting to turn a corner. His averages were all in line with the season average, so it's not about those numbers. It's about the understanding on defense. At a time when the Magic were struggling defensively at about a 111 defensive rating in those 10 games before his injury, the Magic had a 108.3 defensive rating with Bamba on the floor. Again, that, that number's not good. But it's better than the team's average. So he was making a positive impact defensively. He was starting to get in the right spot, starting to play a little bit better. But obviously, still had a long way to go. Again, none of that's surprising. 
He's a rookie, a raw rookie at that. He needed time to develop. And the Magic gave him that time. But I will admit that there is a tinge of disappointment that his defensive impact wasn't more immediate. That the impact, that, that the what he gave you on offense, at least this season, outweighed what he gave you on defense. And that part was a little bit concerning, uh, you know, to some extent. He was still a shot blocker, still someone that teams had to worry about around the rim, but easily fooled, easily jumped, and that's what happens when you're a rookie, especially a rookie shot blocker. And so the big thing Bamba has to learn now is discipline, is defensive discipline, is being in the right spot, being where his team needs him to be, and playing well through that, playing well from there. And that's stuff that comes with experience, that comes with study, that comes with film review. That's what comes with putting on some weight, which Bamba says he's doing. There's that photo that, that's on, posted on the subreddit, on the Magic subreddit that's been floating around the internet a little bit um, that just says Swole Bamba because he does look like he's put on some pounds already, that he's put on some muscle already. And so generally, the thing with Bamba is he didn't have a great season. He had a learning season. He was making progress, and who knows how far that progress would have gone when it was stopped by an injury. The injury forced him to stop and slow down, forced him to watch tape and study, and now we don't know. We don't know where Mo Bamba's at. We don't know what he can contribute next year, and that's a big question that this Magic team has to answer with very little information. Because yes, Nikola Vucevic is a free agent, and yeah, it's probably going to cost a three or four year contract to keep him. But if the plan is for Vucevic to hold the center spot down until Bamba's ready, it's impossible to know how long that will be. And are you really going to commit a four-year contract to a guy when you think your starting center of the future is sitting on the bench? There's no reason to come off that thought after one year. If, if the Magic leave Bamba as their center of the future, how they handle Vucevic becomes a lot trickier. And again, you spend a sixth overall pick on Mo Bamba, you should consider him your, your center of the future. And again, there's nothing to dispel that notion after one year. This year went probably about as expected, honestly, for the Magic and for Bamba. And so Bamba's future, if Bamba's future runs independent of Vucevic, the Vucevic decision is separate in a lot of ways. But Bamba has to kind of stay on the course. Stay on the development course that he's taking. Stay kind of on the line that he's going at. No reason not to. No reason not to stick with what's worked or what's working and what they think he can be. And we'll get a little bit more information about that at Summer League where he hopefully plays. He should be good to go by Summer League. But Bamba has to keep making those steps. It was good seeing him make progress, and honestly, if, if not for the injury, it probably would have been much clearer the progress that he's made. Because he did struggle as a rookie. He was raw. He didn't really know what he was doing or where he was supposed to be. And so now we have to see Bamba continue that progress and make it more tangible, make it more you know, legible for this team. If he does that, that will get the magic on the right track with the young core that they think they've built. 
It was a rough rookie season for Bompos, one of learning and growth. And unfortunately, that growth was somewhat incomplete thanks to the injury. And we'll just have to wait and see what he becomes down the road. Before we sign off today, though, I want to tell you about one more of our sponsors. We're kind of giving love to our sponsors this week. And tell you about Grip6 Belts. Their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. And just like our friends previously, Grip6 is one of my favorite products. Um, again, it's sort of a casual casual belt that goes well with anything. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, even moms and wives. They have a women's collection too. But Father's Day is coming up, so we're going give to the, give the men some love. It's ultra lightweight with no holes, no flaps, carries a low profile, pretty much goes with any kind of clothing you have. With the buckle laying flat against the waist. Makes the belt super comfortable. It is super comfortable. I wear it for everything. Going to the movie theater, in jeans, shorts, to work, everywhere. It works with everything. Grip6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, no bulk. It is so easy and, and really it fits almost any waist size. I think, I think you kind of give them a general idea and then they give you the belt and it fits every size. And Grip6 has a special offer for you at Grip6.com slash lock. That's L-O-C-K-E lock. Grip6.com slash lock. Check it out today. I cannot recommend it enough. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Locked On Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back again with another episode of Locked On Magic probably tomorrow. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.